What is up? Good morning. Welcome to the Welfare Podcast. My name is Adam. Hope you guys are all having a beautiful day today. It's a beautiful morning. Get to wake up next to my wife and not in a cell, not have to hear the guards telling me what to do, hear that cell door pop. I am very, very grateful to be free today, to not stay up all night because I was so whacked out on meth, <laughs> to uh, be able to thank God first thing as soon as I open my eyes. And uh, that's what I kind of wanted to jump on here for. It's just, um, so we're, I do a program called Life Recovery and uh, we're on the 10 steps. So we do a step a week. And um, honestly, like there's a bunch of other Christian based uh, recovery 12 step programs out there. And to me, this is the best because it's totally focused on the steps and like CR is good. And I know a lot of people like it because they, you know, they always have like a praise and worship every, you know, one of their classes. And then they have either like someone comes and speaks or they do like a little um, lesson and then they go back and they do their, you know they talk like an AA meeting, right? And they do their small groups, but they only do the steps like once a year, if you want to get into it. And a lot of people, you know, don't do the steps. And to me, the steps are the most important. If you think that you're in recovery and you haven't done the steps, you are not truly in recovery. It doesn't work that way. I meet people all the time. They're like, yeah, dude, I'm in recovery. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome, dude. What what did you do? AA or whatever? No, no, I just, I'm just sober. Oh, okay. And then you watch their get down for a little bit and you realize that, yeah, they're sober, but they do some weird things. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot of selfishness. So I believe that the root of my problems is selfishness. I'm selfish. I'm self-centered to my core. And you take away drugs and alcohol from me. And if I don't deal with me, then I'm still selfish, I'm still a liar, I'm still a cheat, I'm still a thief, I'm still lazy, like all these things, right? So I think that I drank a lot and I used because from when I was a little kid, I had these things that I just didn't feel good about. And I had these issues that were just coming out of me. So so drinking was just the symptom of, it's just what I did to deal with the root core of my stuff. So that's, that's what I believe. That's through my journey. That's what I come to believe. Right. And so if I, um, am just sober and I don't deal with these things, and I don't have a program. I, my program has taught me how to be a good husband today, how, how to be a good son, how to, how to have some integrity, how to hold my head up, how to deal with situations that used to baffle me. You know, how to just get through the day. That's what my program has taught me. And that's what, and that's why I rely so much on God. Because I have to, man. And, you know, like, in, even in the big book, a lot of Christians knock the big book, you know, because they think, oh, it's just higher power so much. Listen, Bill wrote that book inspired by God. 100%. There's no way a man is going to have this insightful intuitive, you know, thoughts without God inspiring it. There's no way, dude. And he says that the only, only way for true recovery is God. May you find him now. 
So I've seen Christians that are just saved, not do the steps, right? And think that God, you know, healed them. So they don't need to do the steps. And I'm talking, they were heroin addicts eating out of trash cans, right? And they're like, oh, no, God saved me. I don't need to do the steps, right? And then most of them don't stay sober, but the ones I've seen that are still sober, they're jerks. They're, they're selfish. They're, they're rude. You know, there are a lot of these things and I don't want to be that man. If I'm going to be sober, I want to be the best version of Adam I could be. Right. And dude, don't get me wrong. I fall short all the time. I mean, you can ask my wife. I, I, uh, you know, I still got some like anger stuff and, you know, I still got some mentalities that still need to be washed away. Right. Um, but they, they are, and I get to work on these things today. And that's what I'm grateful for is that I get to work on myself today and, um, and try to be better. So then I've also seen the other side, right? Where these AA guys don't, they just do the 12 steps. They don't find God. They call it their higher power, but they make it like the guys in the room or they make a rock their higher power or they make this dude. I am such a crazy meth head, alcoholic, weirdo, that nothing was going to save me but Jesus. The blood of Jesus was the only thing that was going to save me. A rock wasn't going to save me. She wasn't going to save me. He wasn't going to save me. There was no way I was too far gone. So maybe if you're not a real deal, maybe if you didn't, you know, do the things that I did, then yeah, maybe you could get by that way. But for me, I was just of the hopeless hopeless state of mind I was a hopeless hopeless meth head and I like to leave my family and choose meth over everybody that I loved and that everyone that loved me so because of that I can't mess around dude I don't have that 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 time I don't have those abilities to just you know mess around with people and not do the steps and not work on me so I'm I've seen a lot of guys in AA that what their what their thing is is they'll make things their higher power and same situation. They're rude, they're disrespectful, they're always depressed. They've had 20 years of sobriety but they want to kill themselves. Dude, I don't want that. I remember sitting in a meeting going, hearing this guy like, oh, I've been sober for 20 years. I don't know why I make everyone have a southern accent but just go with me. And so I've been sober for 20 years but I want to blow my brains out. I'm like, what the heck? I don't, cause that's how I feel right now. I'm two days sober and I want to blow my brains out. I'm like, why? What the heck? You're telling me 20 years of sobriety, you still want to kill yourself? Dude, I don't want that. And so I remember telling my sponsor, I was like, dude, I don't want that. And he's like, well, then work the steps. Then find God, work the steps, become honest, become real, and become a man. And then you won't feel that way. He goes, you know why that guy feels that way? It's because he's worked the steps, but he didn't find God in it. So he hasn't truly recovered. He hasn't done everything that was suggested to him. And see, that's the thing about the steps, man, is is, um, we can't balk. We can't mess around. We have to do everything that was suggested. And I didn't want to. I fought. My sponsor will tell you to this day that I was the worst sponsee he's ever had in his life. And he sponsored a lot of people. And he told me I was the craziest because I was so caught up. It was always everyone else's problem but Adam's. But see, I had to run through these steps in order 
to to get some clarity. And these steps are in order for a reason. You cannot do them. If you have not worked step one, don't do step 10. That is so stupid. So <laughs> that's another thing I come across a lot lately, right? People are like, you know, they just got sober and they're like, yeah, I'm just, I'm making my amends right now. And I'm like, no, what? Don't do that. Because through each step is where you get clarity. And you're not, it's just like a baby. It's just like anything else, baby steps. You're not ready yet because here, here's why you don't just go flying into step eight because you want to hurry up and make amends. So I've seen a lot of people that they go out of order with the steps and they get screwed up because of it. So say that I just got sober and I want to hurry up and make it right because my family hates me, my wife hates me, everyone hates me, right? And so I go and I, and I make, you know, let's just say my brother-in-law, right? So my brother-in-law still does not like me. <laughs> and, and it's okay. But say I go and I make an amends to him right away and he tells me, screw off, I'm a piece of you-know-what, and he hates me and he's always going to hate me. And I'm not ready emotionally for it to hear that yet. And I just crumble and I go back to the only thing I know to do and that's go and use drugs and alcohol to cope. And so they end up falling back out again. And because they jumped ahead and they skipped ahead. So by the time, so I worked all the steps. So by the time I got to step eight, I was able to sit down with my sponsor and see the amends I was able to, to start to make now and the ones that needed to simmer until I got stronger, you know? But the first thing has to start with, you have to admit that you're powerless. Like, there has to be that point where you're like, dude, I am just, I cannot do this. I, I'm, I have a problem. You know, whether it's food, whether it's, and, and you people that struggle with other things, other than uh, drugs and alcohol, man, I don't know how you do it because that would be hard to admit, you know? I struggle with food. That's like a hard thing to admit, you know? And so you you people out there that are able to do that, man, I, that's, God bless you, dude. You, you guys, you guys are awesome people, seriously. And, uh, you know, I'm going to tell you a quick thing. So I'm going to, I'm going to be super honest. Um, one of the rehabs that I went to, um, which I didn't stay sober. Um, it's kind of a crazy story, actually. So I went to this rehab. I wanted to be sober. I didn't work the steps. I wasn't really interested in the steps. Um, it was where Celebrate Recovery. Um, it was the rehab was like by the beach, you know, and and so we would go to Saddleback to the actual Friday night CR where CR originally started from, and so we'd go to those original meetings every Friday. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it God ways. You know, I'm just going to do CR. And so then, you know, I, I thought everyone was alcoholics and drug addicts. And then people get up and talk about they struggle with sex stuff and food. And I remember thinking to myself, I actually looked over at one of my like buddies that was sitting next to me. And I'm like, dude, I wish that, you know, masturbation was my problem. Like that'd be awesome. I wouldn't be sitting here away from my wife and kids. And, but it is, it is a huge problem pornography is a huge problem. I would be sitting away from my kids. But see, I didn't think that then. I thought, man, do you struggle with just eating? Like, dude, I wish that was my problem. But then I realized as I stayed in the program, I realized, man, these things are just as detrimental as my drugs and alcohol. 
oh my gosh. And now I kind of struggle with some of the food stuff, you know? And I see how it could be a really big thing on your life, you know, and really just anything that keeps you from being the best version of you and keeps you down and keeps you away from people and it keeps you from helping people, man, that's a really big problem and you need to remove it. And so, man, you guys that are struggling with that, I give you guys props for being so honest about it and being so real and, you know, admitting it, man, because, um, once again, my thing to me is a little easier to admit. You know, when you're sitting there and you have burn marks all over your hands and you've been up for five days and, you know, no one wants to be around you and you can barely talk because you're stuttering so bad because of the meth use, you know, it's easy to admit you have a problem then. When you're just gaining some weight, you know, that's a little harder because that's not something that people think really affects everyone around them, but it does. When you're hiding food, when you're doing these things, man... You know, that could be a really big problem. So back to this, that CR thing. So I, I try to just make God my, my sponsor, basically, which I joke about it with people now. Um, you know, Jesus is my sponsor. So Jesus can be your sponsor, right? He can be there with you, but you need a man to walk through things with you. You need an actual physical sponsor. God gave us relationship for a reason, right? He wants us to be in relationship with other believers for a reason. And, and yes, can you look to God to, to guide you? Yes. But you also need to look to another man. You know, if you are in recovery today and you do not have a sponsor and you are not actively working the steps, you are not truly on your path for recovery. So just so everybody knows, and, the, and I probably catch a lot of flack for saying that, and, and I have, I've, people really don't like hearing that, especially in Christian environments, they really don't like hearing that, and, but that is the truth, and I'm sorry, that's just how I feel, and it's what's worked for me, and I'm very respectful of the steps, because it saved my life, dude, it's the reason why I get to go home to my kids today, is because of Jesus and working a program, and my sponsor, that's it. And because I had some willingness, you know, and that's what it takes to get through these steps is some willingness. And so if you're working steps today and you're being open, man, give yourself, you know, a little pat on the back for your willingness. And, you know, thank God, thank God for, thank you, Jesus, for putting that willingness in me, the willingness to want to do this, you know, because that's what it takes to get us through. And so. I try to do it. I'm not really interested in the steps. Um, You know, she wants me to hurry up and get back uh, to help with the kids. She she thinks I'm I'm cured because she thinks if you go to rehab, you come out, you're fine. You know, because she doesn't know. And uh, you know, Brana didn't know. She wanted to just do the best she could, and she needed help. We had two little boys at the time, and she just needed me back and and I would tell her I was good and I sounded good I looked better I was more honest so that one was crazy so I came back and um I think like 10 days later out of me getting rehab we got in a bad accident and this kid hit us on a motorcycle and it was it was his fault he was an 18 year old kid and he hit us and he died and I had to drag him out from underneath um my truck and he was on fire 
and it was pretty gnarly. Like, I had to rip his helmet off, and, like, his face came off of it. And, like, it was a pretty gnarly thing to see right then. Um, and so, luckily, you know, God had his hand on that situation because Bree and the boys, luckily, this guy pulled up, and they jumped in his car, and he drove down the road. Like, to this day, I wonder if that was an angel. I really do because I just, my boys didn't, Bree didn't even know that he had passed until that night. I told all the cops, everyone, hey, don't, don't freaking tell her what happened yet. So, um, and the boys didn't know, you know, um, but I went back underneath the car because his friend who was on the bike too, like pulled down the road and said, he's under there. And so he was on fire underneath my truck. And, and so, of course, I wasn't equipped. I wasn't ready. Uh, I started having some gnarly nightmares and uh, went back to my drug of choice because, 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 because I was left with no protection. I was a sitting duck. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus at the time. I didn't have a sponsor. I didn't, wasn't working the steps. So when something crazy like that, came crazy like that I just folded boom fell apart went right back to what I know was gonna make me feel good was going to mask everything and make everything disappear and her and I instead of staying together in that time and talking about it we really pushed each other away and because I was I wasn't emotionally available you know like I am today. And it's beautiful. Today, me and her actually don't do that. We actually stick with each other. Um, and we're super, like, we talk about how we feel with each other. And that's that's awesome. And hopefully she feels the same way I do, is that we listen to each other. Um, I need to be a better, better listener. The other day she told me, like, to my mom or something, she's like, well, you're not a you're not a very good listener or something. I was like, what the heck? I'm not a dog. And weird. And that cracked me up for like two days straight. Or no, she goes, you don't listen very well, do you? And that's what, that cracked me up. I was like, what the heck, dude? I'm not like a dog. <laughs> like you trained. Uh, and it's, it's funny today. Uh, me and her would just laugh at each other because she'll say stuff to me. And I'm like, what? I'm not going to do that. And then she'll just kind of laugh. Um, and I'm very grateful that we get to... We get to have a good relationship. Me and that one, we're best friends. She's my best friend. I enjoy her so much. And she is so funny and so pretty too, dude. I don't even know how I lucked out with that. But so anyways, going back there, I was left without any of these things. So you got to look at working your steps and having a sponsor as protection. It's part of the armor. You know, we talked, Pastor Jeremy, um, my pastor at church, just got done with the series about the armor of God, you know, and, and being an addict, dude, we got to, there's certain other pieces of armor that we have to put on because we got to make sure that we don't just have a chest plate. We got to make sure we have side guards on, dude, because we can't get, take any darts because any area that's left unprotected, we can fall. And I don't know what falling for you guys looks like, but falling for me is not an option. And it would be devastating to the people around me. Oh my God, the thought of it today. Because everything, because it's even worse when you, you, you relapse, right? Because of this. You build everything back up. You build the trust up again. You get her back again. You get the kids back. You get everything back. You're working with people. You're helping people. And then, man... You fall and it's just catastrophic. 
and it just really wounds and hurts. So I don't have that option today. I don't want to do that. That's not me. That's not even an option for me. So no matter what I go through in life, I have to stay sober. So because of that, how do I do that? How do I go through things all day long and and not want to drink or use? It's because, for one, I have a relationship with Jesus. And for two, I have a relationship with someone else that I can call. And if I'm feeling squirrely, if I don't know what to do, I can call. For two, I have... I mean, for three, I have this, I can't count, obviously, I have the steps. And reading through the big book, the life recovery book, it's, it's given me these things. And these steps have showed me that going through the day, when agitated or irritated, I stop and pause. And I say a little prayer. Father God, give me the right thing to do in this situation. At work all day, I have to be like, I was walking with an inspector and this ins- building and safety inspector was up my butt, man. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm running some pretty big projects that everything is on me, right? So I, I make the schedule, I run everything, I deal with the, the owner and the clients and then a liaison between them and my boss and you know building officials and all this stuff and then you know the brand who we're building the hotels for and and then I have you know 150 180 guys on my site all day that I have to make sure drywallers painters you know all this stuff are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing and that we're staying on schedule and so there's a lot with that. And there's a every, all day, every day, it's nothing but problems. And so I have to pray, you know, and I have to stop and I have to pause and I have to wait for the right decision, you know, before I make it. And I'm, I'm not so wanting to just, you know, get frustrated so quick. And it's because of the steps. It's because of working step 10, you know, because I did the steps in order, right? So now because of that, I get the gift of step 10. So let's talk about step 10 real quick. Step 10 is a beautiful, beautiful step. If done right. Okay. So step 10, continue to take a personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. So it's as simple as in the morning, right? When I wake up, I I think about what I'm going to do that day. My first thing is to praise God and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for this day. Thank you for everything in it. Please give me the strength to handle it with the best of my ability. Please give me the strength to be the supernatural strength to do my job. But these are the main things. I ask him to direct my thinking to be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Right? that I can be useful to him and others today. And then I go right immediately and start praying for everybody else, right? And, and, and so I get to think about things. I get to stop and pause today. And then when I retire at night, right, I just sit back and I think real quick before I fall asleep, you know, was I dishonest? Do I need to, to make an amends? Do I need to call someone right now? Do I need to tell them I'm sorry? You know, was I, did I have fear today? You know, did I, was I angry today? How can I be better? What can I do tomorrow to be better? Um, someone told me they were like, oh, well, I don't really like this because, you know, Jesus says not to speak death over you. And if you're, if you're admitting, you know, you're, if you're just right, making a list of your character defects every day, that's admitting death over you. <laughs> 
And to me, that sounds like the biggest bullcrap excuse, dude. That's not putting death over you. If you go, I'm such a loser, I'm such a piece of crap, I hate myself. Oh, if you're doing all that, then yeah, okay, dude, you're speaking some crazy weird stuff over yourself. But if you're simply going, hey, today I got a little ticked or I didn't answer my, my wife right. I don't like that. I need to be a little bit loving with my kids. My kids are teenagers. I opened my 13-year-old's door, who used to be obsessed with me, by the way. Literally obsessed with me. And he goes, what? Okay. All right. Bye. (laughs) I have a choice. So how did I respond to him that day? Did I respond to him with love and some sternness? Or did I, what the heck, Aiden? Blah, 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 blah. Because that's how I can do. Did I, you know, throw my shopping cart out? In the middle of the the parking lot instead of going and putting it back. You know? Was I respectful to the the clerk that helped me today? Those kind of things. What can I do tomorrow? Did I help another alcoholic today? Was I outside of myself today? How did I think about others? Now that's the main thing you need to think about. What did I do to serve others? Okay, so today I got so wrapped up myself and my work I didn't. So tomorrow I'm going to do this. That's all step 10's for. It's not to beat yourself down. It says it. We don't get caught in morbid reflection because that will make us not useful to others because it gets us caught in ourselves. See, getting caught in morbid reflection, meaning like, oh, I'm such a loser, I'm such a this, that's the most selfish, disgusting thing you can do. It's gross. And it's so selfish because it removes you and it gets you stuck right in yourself. So... That's the beauty of step 10 to me is just being able to look at myself and look at these things I do and be like, okay, Father God, help me not to be so angry. Help me to be kinder to my 13-year-old who's going through stuff. Help me to remember that it's not about me and he's not doing these things to me. That he's going through a little something. The little dude's trying to figure out who he is. So allow me just to be there and love on him, Father. So that's what I'll do tomorrow. Okay? Help me not to be in fear because that keeps me away from things. And and that's your step 10. It's it's as simple as that, man. And it's it's being able to get through the day and have a freedom, right? Freedom from self-will, you know? And not not care so much about ourselves, but get caught in others. And and when you're irritated or you're doubtful and you don't know what to do, you know, you stop and pause. And remind ourselves that we're no longer running the show. You know? And ask throughout the day numerous times, Father, help me. Father, give me the right words to say right now. You know how many situations I get into all day where I have to ask God, give me the right words to say? Because Adam wants to say crazy words. I want to say crazy stuff. I w- Nine times out of ten, when someone does something to me, I want to ch- choke you out. That's my first reaction, is to go straight for your throat. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's, that's Adam's first response, especially like to men. I don't, other men that get weird or they're whiny or they're like super, I don't know, man. I just want to slap them. And that's something that I have to deal with. And, and because of learning how to stop and pause by doing the steps, I'm not choking people out like I used to. Um, you know, when I first got on to rehab and stuff, I, I was known for having, major major mood this i would go from zero to 100 like that i'd be laughing with you you would do something that was i thought was disrespectful and two seconds later 
you and I are physically fighting. Because that's, I would just flip a switch like that. And because of these steps today, I don't, I don't pop off like that. And I'm able to work with guys. I got a, I got a guy in my life that God put in my life that's so beautiful, man. And, and he's, he's been in and out of prison his entire life since he was 16 years old. And he is one of the most coolest freaking dudes in the world with the best heart, man. And he's a straight up gangster. He's a thug. I mean, that's what he's done since he was 16 years old. He's he's from a very big neighborhood and and he wants to change. And he has a lot of things that that got attached to him, right? These little these things, because where he comes from, you know, you have a problem, you throw down, right? And so now he's learning to deal with things by using his words, by stopping pausing. And I get to be right there next to him, man, and, uh, and, and help him and show him these things that I learned through these steps. So it's important, man, if you're in recovery for anything, emotional stuff, especially emotional stuff, especially, um, you know, codependency, you know, work the steps, really work them because you'll be able to really unfold your codependency at that time. You know, if you're struggling with wanting to make someone in your life something different than they are and you can't just um, let go. And because I, I know it's so hard because there's so much fear wrapped in there and there's so much self-worth wrapped in it that you're so afraid to let go. So if you're struggling with that, work the steps, get a sponsor, and listen to that sponsor, okay? Because you're not going to be able to work through it without it because there's deep-seated child issues. There's deep-seated issues that come from our codependency of wanting to make someone, us, and dig our hooks into them so bad and, and make them the way they, that we want them to be or expect them to be something that they're incapable of, you know? A lot of frustration with Bree and I, a lot of frustration on her part. Um, well, for one is that I was a spun ducky and I was a weirdo and a liar. Um, huge liar. Biggest liar ever. The biggest liar you ever meet in your life, for sure. Um, so beside those two things was the fact that she would let me back and she would want me home. But she would expect me to be this man that I was incapable of being. I wasn't a man at all. I wasn't doing the things a man did. I wasn't handing her money over. I wasn't taking care of her the way I should. I wasn't considering her feelings. I wasn't making sure the house was all clean. I wasn't, you know, doing these things, right? I wasn't, but she would get so mad and frustrated because she expected me to, to, you know, hand her money. To She'd come home and the, she'd expect the house to be clean and it wasn't. But she was expecting things from somebody who wasn't able to give her those things. I was a child. I was the biggest B word you ever met at that time. And it was so frustrating to her because she wanted me to be this way and I was incapable of it. So if you're struggling with those things today, work these steps, really dig out why would you want something like that in your life at the time. Why aren't you able just to let go and say, okay, this person's not who I want them to be. If I choose for them to be in my life right now, then I am going to just show them love. And I'm not going to control it. But if you can't do that yet, 
you got to go back to those steps and really dig out and really look at why why you're holding on, why you're digging into those things. You know, once again, man, codependency, food addiction, sex addiction, like that, dude, that's some deep stuff, man. If you guys are dealing with that, I'm praying for you guys because that's some hard stuff. To me, that's harder than drugs and alcohol, you know? So please work the steps, get a sponsor. They're very important. They're there for a reason, you know? And here's another thing. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. And if you guys are doing CR, life recovery, you know, AA even, right? And you have not done a fifth step with another person that you trust, then you have not properly done a fifth step and you need to go go back and look at that, okay? So when I'm, step four, when I make this list, I made a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself, dumping all this stuff up, right? Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our own. So if you have just sat in your life recovery group, and you, you made your, your fourth step, then when it was next week to do your fifth, but you might have admitted it to God and to yourself, but you have not sat down with another human after the meeting on a weekend and gone over your inventory with them, then you have not properly did a fifth step and you need to go back and do it. Because that will kill you. That will take you back out. You will not be properly healed. And you need to get nasty with it. Your sex inventory, your your fears, your the things that you've done to others and the things that they've done to you, you need to get open, raw, and honest. Because we are only seekers of our secrets, and if you don't do that, you will be screwed. I had to go back and do my four-step four times. I would sit down with my sponsor, read to him, he got what? Nope, why don't you put this on that? Why didn't you put that on there? He go back, do it again, get honest, dang it. And he was from Kentucky, so he actually really talked like that. Nope, nope, that's that's BS. You you expect me to believe that you were a meth head and you didn't do that, you didn't cause any harm to your kids? See, I didn't want to look at the stuff. There's certain things I didn't want to look at, like being a bad father, right? Oh, well, my kids never saw it or, oh, they just, I wanted to make all these weird excuses, but he did not let me. Because how can I admit things and work on them if I don't realize that they're a problem? See, the reason why you bring another person into the, to the mix is because they can help you realize that that is a problem, that these are the things you do. You know, I used to always have, working with my sponsor, doing my fifth step, um, I realized something really big about me. I like to have followers, not friends. I like to have a group of people that I feel like I'm the leader. I'm the one that, you know what I mean? I've been like that since I was a kid. And you follow me. Adam protects you, okay? So I give you physical protection because you know I'll, I'll protect you because that's, that's my thing. That's my get down. That's my badge of honor. I like to be the protector. That's just, I've been like that. My wife will tell you since, since she met me. That's just what that's just the role I play. It's a lot of natural stuff that God's placed in me that today I've, I try to use it for good, but I used to use it as, okay, so I protect you and therefore you follow me. And then you do everything I say. You laugh at every joke. You're my little minion and I'll keep you safe. 
And that's how our relationship works. And that's how a lot of the relationships in my life were for a long time. But I wouldn't been able to realize that. And so now today, I get to 10-step myself with that realization that my sponsor gave me and say, okay, am I doing that to anyone in my life today? Am I making anyone a follower today? Okay, well, today I didn't do that. All right, check. And that's how I work on that character defect. But I wouldn't have been able to know that if I wouldn't have done my fifth step with my sponsor. So if you're just breezing through these steps, dude, and just doing them on your own, you're not doing them right. You're not doing them right at all. And I know I know people don't like to hear that, but it's not, you know? And so when I did my fifth step with my sponsor, we did my sixth step that same day. Because what we did is we sat down, we looked at, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, okay? Then I did my seven steps. I went home that night. I thought about these defects of character. A couple of days later, I met with my sponsor again. We got on our knees in his living room and we... We prayed that God would remove these things. And he did. Slowly but surely, he started showing me these things and how to remove them. And God was able to walk me through a lot of stuff and help remove these character defects from me. And then, so step eight, let's just go into that real quick. So it's very, very, very crucial that when you write your step eight out, that you take of the list of the people that you want to make amends to that before you do your step nine, you sit down with your sponsor and you go over the list with them because see, I wanted to hurry up and apologize to Bree and all this stuff. And he was like, no, let's put Bree on the back. And I'm like, well, what? I want to show her how good I am now and apologize. He's like, no, because a lot of that, you have to make in a living amends. She has to see you paying and, and taking care of yourself and holding your head up and, and handling your, you know, your bills and paying your cell phone and doing all the stuff that she had to do for you for so long, you know? And that's how Bree and I ended up, I think, working things back out again because we are legally divorced. You know, I hear a lot of people like, oh, you guys got separated and got back together. Nope, we got divorced. She served me paperwork. So I had to show her change and because of that change then that renewal that god did in me and that she was able to see it that's how we became close again and you know if you're a man today and you're you know separated from your children you need to pay to play and if you're working and you can do it you need to pay and if you're not working you need to get a job and send her money and that's what I did I busted my butt I did a lot of crazy odd jobs in Kentucky and then you know made sure I sent her that payment every Friday and she started to see that oh I can trust it oh I can actually depend on it and I watched her starting to depend on me and being able to trust me and and so that's how we you know ended up coming back together is we both did a lot of work on ourselves and so um anyways you need to go over that list. Don't just run out and you think the people that you need to, most of the time aren't the people that you're ready to do it yet. And you need to just pray on it and sit with your sponsor. That's why you need guidance through these steps. That's why it's so important to have a sponsor. Just sitting down in a class on Wednesday and doing one step at a time isn't enough. And so I love you guys. 
I hope my little rundown helped somebody because it sure has helped me. Thank you for helping me stay sober today. Um, once again, my email is always in uh, the little description. If you're a male and you're struggling today, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I can kind of help point you in the right directions on some things. Um, I am actually a licensed drug and alcohol counselor, so I, I know a little bit about in and outs of rehabs and detox and all that stuff. So if you need anything, please reach out. If you're a female um, and you know my wife, uh, please reach out to her and she will help lead you in the right direction. Um, and thank you. God bless you. I love you guys very much. Remember, we cannot do this on our own. And once again, to reiterate, if you did not, if you did not read your fist step to another human being, you did not properly do a fist step. So go back, take care of it. Love you guys. Stay safe. Praying for you. Bye.